miracles. I thought about this today and, and, uh, and I, I wrestled with my title. And so my first title that I thought about, and, and I'll just leave it up to you. You can, you can choose your title and, and, uh, but as I mean, miracles, walk it out. And you'll, you'll see what that means here in a little bit. But then I was like, man, but I'm talking about forgetting because I don't know about you, but I find myself forgetting plenty of things. I think as humans, we're just people who forget things like, and I, you know, and it can be the little things, which by the way, as I'm getting older, I realize that, you know, if you're leaving a party, as someone had written, I think it might've been my commentary made a joke about this of like a young man leaves a party and can't find his keys or his hat. And it's just like, oh, he just can't find them. An old man leaves a party and can't find the exact same thing. And it's, oh, he's getting old. Like, oh my goodness. So like, and I say that to also say that if you think you're someone who doesn't forget, just wait. It will catch up to you. <laughs> as, 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 I'm, as I'm growing older and experiencing this, I'm like constantly being like, okay, retrace steps. Okay, I did this, I did this, I did this. And I'm like, but then I also got to remember that, to remember the thing that I forgot. So that's just, it's like a, it's a never-ending circle. I'm, I'm just pray for me. And if you're a forgetful person, let me know. I'll pray for you too. And, and we'll just all try to do things. I gotta have I gotta have things, and I gotta I gotta put my my stuff in particular places so I remember. But I tell you, I forget, and 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 it definitely is screaming at me this week because so I moved here to Arlington last year, uh, just before summer from San Angelo, four hours away, San Angelo campus, my hometown where I've been all my life pretty much, and um, and I remember when I got here, I made some promises that okay. I will no longer buy heavy furniture. <laughs> like I'm done with heavy furniture because the next time I move, I got to move the heavy furniture. So I'm no longer buying heavy furniture. I'm no longer buying bookcases. I want to buy like shorter pieces. I can stack them and put them together because you can't carry a bookcase by yourself. And so I'm, I'm done doing those things. The problem is that I got comfortable and all of a sudden I'm like, I get settled in Arlington and my home and like, okay, we're going to be here a little while. I can buy that bookcase and I can buy that couch that's like really heavy, unnecessarily heavy. And I can buy these things and I got comfortable and all of a sudden I found myself a year later moving again. And I forgot all the rules that I put in place. You have any of those kinds of situations where you have these things and you forgot about them. You're like, I'm never going to do that again. Maybe, maybe there's a lot of things we can apply that phrase to, especially sin, mistakes, issues, relationships, or like spending money. I'm never going to do that again. Oh, it's how much percent off? Like, <laughs> like another pair of shoes? Like, yeah, we, we, get, we get into these traps of forgetting. We, we, we forget things as Christian. We, we see this even in Scripture. We see this even, in, especially in the Old Testament. The Psalm, it says uh, in the Psalms, even of talking about the people like, you forgot when I freed you out of Egypt. You have forgotten what I've done for you. All the ways of the Lord have been forgotten, the scripture tells us in several ways regarding God's chosen people. We tend to forget and it becomes an issue. And uh, there are some things that maybe we can get back on. We can get back into the groove. There are phrases, by the way, it's like, well, it's just like riding a bike. Like we talk about that, like for now, I'm a cyclist. I love riding a bike, but I'm, let me tell you a little bit that like that idea, I don't know where that idea came from. I don't actually believe in it. And you're like, I haven't been on a bike since I was a kid. Oh, don't worry about it. You just jump back on. You never, you never forget. It's just like riding a bike. No, <laughs> I don't think that actually works. Maybe a bike with training wheels, you're Okay. 
But, but otherwise, just like riding a bike, and we, we tend to have these kind of cliches and these phrases, and I think we sometimes try to diminish this forgetfulness. We diminish the experience that we have in forgetting. But we do. We forget. In uh, John chapter 4 is where I'll be today. Towards the end of the chapter, there's a story. And in John chapter 4, it says... And I'll, I'll read a little bit of the beginning of the story just for some context. And, and, um, and I love what some of the text says here. It says, at the end of two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. Yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebration and had seen everything he did there. I love that. They had got to see the miracles of Jesus. As he traveled through Galilee, he came to Cana, where he had turned water into wine. One of the miracles, I love preaching that miracle, especially at a wedding, right? That's a, that's a good wedding miracle to, to preach. There was a government official in nearby Capernaum whose son was very sick. When he had heard that Jesus had come to Judea, to Galilee, he went and begged Jesus to come to Capernaum to heal his son. Come to my home and heal my son who is about to die, the text says. This is, a big, this is a big request. This is three days travel probably that this man is having to walk. Uh, I, I thought about another title, A Walk to Remember. But then I was like, well, that was kind of a popular movie at one time. And, and uh, we're not a romantic comedy kind of service. So uh, I don't know. A Walk to Remember. We'll just take it over. A Walk to Remember. If you want that title, you can run with that one. A Walk to Remember. He had a three days walk. He, he's desperate. He's in need of Jesus to perform a miracle. And he goes on a walk, but not just any walk that he's going to travel to Jesus. Three days. Can you imagine, we, we complain about walking across the parking lot. I had to park too far at Walmart, and it's like, oh, my goodness. And, and, and here's, a, here's a guy. This is no Nikes for him either. Like, he doesn't even have the right kind of shoes for this. I'm like, I can only, I don't actually want to imagine. Let me forget this. Let me, let me, let me if I have to imagine, let me imagine it in, in our context of technology today. Jesus in verse 48 of John chapter 4, Jesus asked, Will you never believe in me unless you see miraculous signs and wonders? I read this with such attitude as if he was talking to one of his disciples, right? Jesus, oh my goodness, will you never believe in me? But there's, there is a catch here because the you that is being spoken here is actually a plural you, which means that it's not addressed specifically or just for the Father. This isn't a rude statement that Jesus is saying. There's a challenge to all the people of, will all of you never believe unless you see a miracle? Do you have to see this miracle to believe that I am who I said I am? And there's a challenge here to the people, to the miracles. I think this is an important challenge that we'll see kind of play out in the situation if I don't get too far ahead of myself. What I love here about this, it says a, a government official, not, not a Jew, not someone who's one of the descended of the tribes, not someone of God's chosen people. This is a government official that we see coming up to receive a miracle, asking and begging to receive a miracle, being accepted by Jesus. How often do we get in the place of thinking that we've got to be right to ask Jesus for something? How often do we think that we've got to be 
a good enough person, the right kind of person, that we've even got to know Jesus before we can even come to Jesus. How many times have, have I experienced in my life people who couldn't see themselves coming to Jesus, therefore never came to Jesus, because they were of that particular group or that particular background or those particular sins or they served that much time or had this kind of issue or this kind of illness that I could never come to Jesus. And once again, we see a miracle about to take place for a father, a government official, of no importance to the, his people, his group. How many times do we allow these things to get between us and our miracles? And I want to encourage you with this story today that if you're in search of a miracle, do not allow anything, even distance, to come between you and Jesus for what you're believing for. To come between you and your faith. To come between you and, and what you're hoping for. As we see one more example of a guy asking. I remember many years ago, many years ago, when my wife was pregnant. Like I talked about, our kids are grown and... and um, and she was pregnant with one of our children. And I remember the moment, this is one of the things I will never forget, is the moment that I was at work and I get a phone call from my wife who just finished a doctor's appointment. And she'd got the phone call that the doctor's report was not good for our daughter. That the doctor's report was stating that there was going to be a particular disability for our daughter. And I won't get into the details of what that's going to be or what that or what they said that was going to be, but that there was going to be a particular disability for our daughter that was going to be very hard to deal with and, and very challenging um, process that, was, that we were going to face. And, and I remember in this moment, I was, I was living a life that like, I had given my life to Jesus, but I, had, I wasn't living like I knew Jesus. I was just living life. I, I'm more just trying to survive life than actually live life. You ever been in that situation? You're, you're just trying to get the paycheck. You're just trying to pay the bills. You're just trying to get the food on the table. You're just trying to take care of, keep the car running. You're just trying to take care of things, and you're trying to survive life instead of living the life that God has called us to live and created us to live. But I... I'll never forget in this moment where all of a sudden this faith that I had not walked in, that I had not known in for some time, that I actually had forgotten, that all of a sudden in this moment, moment when I get this phone call about a doctor's report about my daughter and my wife, in this moment there was zero hesitation to come to Jesus to pray. I'm so glad that in, in all of my forgetfulness and all of my wandering through life that this was something I had not forgotten, that it didn't matter my life situation or where I was or how I was living, that I was in a position to come to Jesus no matter what my life looked like. And I remember this, this faith that just all of a sudden, like a seed that had been buried inside me, that just come forward. All of a sudden, I started speaking things like I hadn't spoken in a long time. And it's all good. But when you're in the early stages of pregnancy, you still have months to walk that out. And I remember the moment of just believing, stepping out in faith and and probably looking a little weird to my coworkers because I was at work when the phone call came in, so I didn't really care who was around me. Like, all of a sudden, I'm just like... 
I'm just, I'm the PK kid kind of at work, right? Like they kind of knew I was the preacher's kid. My dad had billboards, you know, in the town, like it is pretty much known. And then all of a sudden, but I'm just kind of doing whatever. And then all of a sudden this thing comes and all of a sudden something flips on the inside of me and I'm walking a different walk and talking a different talk. And all of a sudden there is something different. And I'm sure I looked a little weird in this new walk that all of a sudden I was doing, but I still had to walk it out. There's months to follow where a moment of faith, and, and we could have done a process to test regarding this, this doctor's report, but even the process of testing for this could cause, in itself, could cause a miscarriage or cause other disabilities or cause other issues that we, 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 we decided to make the decision that we would take no further tests and we would not stand on a doctor's report, but stand on the faith of Jesus. And we had to make a choice of the path that we would choose to walk. And so I feel like this father who comes to Jesus asking for a miracle. And we see here in John uh, chapter 4, verse 50, it says, Then Jesus told him, go back home, your son will live. And the man believed what Jesus said, and he started home. This man, he comes to Jesus for a miracle, and he receives it by the word of Jesus, but he didn't get to see the miracle. He says, Go back home, your son will live. I love this picture, even when we see that the you is plural, that Jesus is talking to all these people who are here, but they don't get to see whether or not the son will live and whether the miracle is received. Even the father doesn't. And it says that the father left with believing Jesus. And I completely believe the text. But as I process this and put myself in his shoes... I can see a situation where maybe even in that moment that I believed and I left Jesus with the faith in my heart. It's a lot easier when you're face to face with Jesus. It's a lot easier to believe on Sunday than it is to believe on Friday. And how hard it would have been for me in this situation to take the next steps. Like, sure, Jesus, I, but I came to you, Jesus, in I didn't just ask you to heal my son. I asked you to come with me. And, and you're, you're, you're sending me now. You're, you're, you're telling me to go now. And I've got to take these steps. Remember, it's, it's, it's a two or three days journey for this father to walk home. I really thought about how torturous this would be in the sense that he didn't have any kind of music. There was no iPod. He, again, he didn't have any kind of tennis shoes. He's got to walk home this silent journey. Have you ever suffered in the silence? Because there's just the silence, the, the, the doubts, the fear started to trickle in. I like how, as reminded in, in preparing for this, and C.S. Lewis wrote a book called Screwtape Letters, one of my favorite books of all time. And and, and it's written from this enemy, and, and uh, I, don't, I don't remember if I put the quote in here. Oh, yes. Uh, it is funny how mortals always picture us. So this is coming from the enemy. So imagine, imagine the devil, if you don't know this story or screw tape letters, imagine the devil saying this about us. It says, it is funny how mortals always picture us as putting things into their minds. In reality, our best work is done by keeping things out. But the best work of the enemy is, to, is, is not from a place of planting the negative seed as much as it is by keeping the positive out. It's getting us to forget. 
How often do we get distance from Jesus? We get distance from a promise. We get distance from that forgiveness we experience. We get distance from the experience of the Holy Spirit during some worship. We get some distance and all of a sudden we forget. I got a little distance from moving last year and how quickly did I forget that I wasn't going to buy those types of things and do those kinds of things again until it came around this year. Well, I learned my lesson this time. Time will tell. We'll see. Not time will tell. Distance will tell. And this father had to turn around and walk away from Jesus. He had to put distance between him and the source of the miracle that he was so much believing in. And how often do we get a little distance? We come in on a Sunday and we get rallied. We get full of hope and we get built up in faith and love and hope. And, and then Monday punches us and then Tuesday kicks us and then Wednesday drops us. And, and by the time we get through the end of the week, we're struggling again. And I don't want to pick on anybody, but then we'll... When, when some of our, our church attendants, we're not even here every Sunday and we're, we're here every other week and, and we wonder why we're struggling and we're, we're trying to make it two weeks at a time or three weeks at a time and because and, once a week isn't enough even none of its own. And we find the struggle with a little bit of distance but, or, or we take the distance and then we take it in our own hands. But God, you, you gave me this promise about the relationship but then I got a little distance and I lost faith in what you said would take place. And I took it in matters in my own hand. And I decided to go fix that person myself. Right? We get a little distance and we decide to like, oh, I'll take care of this. Because I'm just not quite sure that God's still holding true to his promise. I'm still not sure that as I leave Jesus and walk to the promise that the miracle has actually taken place over here. We get a little distance. And it becomes challenging. Would I remember? Would you remember? Would I remember all the way home? Maybe I would at first. Maybe there'd be moments. But I just, the struggle. In verse 51, as we finish the story and get ready for communion, it says, while the man was on his way, some of his servants met him with the news that his son was alive and well. Is one of the, the translations tells us it's the next day. So a full day of this father in this limbo, in this situation, walking away from Jesus to go home. And the next day, his servants meet him with the news. I, I hope you saw that this was going to be a positive ending, by the way. I am talking about the miracles of Jesus. And so this was going to be a good ending. I know I may not have given that away at the beginning. And verse 52, he asked them when the boy had begun to get better, but wait a second, you walked away in faith. You should have known. You should have, there was no doubt in your mind at the moment, but yet you still want to confirm how often we want that confirmation. And they replied, yesterday afternoon at one o'clock, his fever suddenly disappeared. And in verse 53, then the father realized that that was the very time Jesus had told him, your son will live and he and his entire household believed in Jesus. I love this picture one more time where we see another instance of a household or a whole people being saved because of one miracle taking place. What is the one miracle that you're needing here today? 
What is the one miracle that you've been believing for? Maybe it's the one miracle that you've already been told you'll be healed. You've been told that there'll be a provision. You've been told that there'll be a breakthrough. You've been told of restoration and you're still believing in that miracle and you haven't seen it yet and have you forgotten? And I'm here to tell you today that this is the, the, to not get caught up in the trap of forgetfulness of the promises of God and what he has spoken over you. A moment for us to hold true to what God is doing. And even us in our situation, we don't just have the Bible and the text and these stories of miracles, but we even have more than that. In John 14, 26, it says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, Jesus is talking to the disciples about when he is going to leave. And imagine Jesus is even having to go through and, and, and basically celebrate the first communion or a Passover with his disciples. And then in, right after Jesus is going through this process with his disciples, his disciples are going to have to go through a walking process. They're going to have to go through a walk to remember or a walk to forget. And we know how that turned out for many of them. But he says, but even, even in this situation, my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. And so for us as Christians, it's this, it's this what do we need in our lives to remind us? We, we tap into the Holy Spirit inside of our lives and say, you know what? I am forgetting and I need you to remind me. I am walking and there's a distance that's happening and it's Thursday and Sunday has already faded for me and I need, to, I need a reminding. So often when I pray for you, church, one of the things that I pray for is a miraculous prayer that God in this moment, whether it's a Wednesday morning or Thursday morning, would remind you on a Thursday what he spoke to you on Sunday, would remind you on Friday what the Holy Spirit unctioned you on Sunday during worship, but we would, would speak to you again and remind you again what he did on Sunday. Because I understand once you get distance, it's easy to have faith in that moment in the face-to-face -face time with Jesus. But I know that once there is distance, at least for my life, it's been challenging. It's one of the reasons communion is so important. Jesus said in, in the common communion text that we, we look at, and if you have your Bibles, you want to go there, it'll be Luke chapter 22, 17 through 19. And it says, when you do this, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So as I imagine the difficulty that the father faced of holding on to the miracle that Jesus professed over his life, that your son is healed, return home. When I think about the miracles and the promises that Jesus has spoken over my life, the things that I'm still walking in, the things that I'm still having to process, but he says, do this in remembrance of me. communion. It doesn't even have to wait for Sunday. It doesn't even have to wait for a women's Bible study or a men's Bible study. It doesn't even have to wait for those other times that we gather. This can be something that you can even do on your own. And we're about to partake in communion. 
this will be a different style where we're all gonna come up and, and here in a moment, I'm gonna lead two of our leadership families in communion and they're gonna lead y'all in communion. And it's a, it's a different thing. And the reason I wanna do this communion today is because there's a process of walking. Is it's not just staying in our seat and, and, and coming forward or, or not coming forward, but staying in our seat and being able to do it from where we're at. But there's a process of us walking forward, walking to other leaders in the church, other people who are also here to remind us of Jesus. And that process sometimes I think is important. I, I, like, I like the idea of a literal step of faith. We, we use that phrase often, but how often is it literally a step of faith? That it's, it's when I step out of my comfort zone. It's when I step out and do something. It's when I step out and serve. It's when I step out and pray. And the text tells us that his body was broken for us. It wasn't just the blood of Christ that was shed for our sins, but his body was broken so that ours doesn't have to be. We're needing a physical healing, a mental healing. Maybe it's issues of depression, anxiety, addiction. It says his body was broken for us. And his blood was poured out for us. For the forgiveness of sins and the washing away. The things of our past that maybe we need to forget. Too often we forget the wrong things. We forget the good things that God has done and remember the bad things that we've done. And God says, no, because I forget the sins of your past. I wipe them away. If our team will come forward and as they come forward and tell you, and, and I'm gonna lead them again and again in communion. And during our final song, y'all will be able to take communion. If you don't feel comfortable taking this form of communion, but you do want to participate up here on the speakers. I have a few of our, uh, what I call to go communion cups and on the blue table in the back at connect center are more cups back there as well. If you want to stay in your seat and do your own communion, you're more than welcome to. We still want you to feel like you can participate if you are not sure. But when you come forward, you'll simply come forward and one of our leaders will say his body broken for you and you'll just touch your portion of bread and tear it off. And then they'll hold the cup and you'll go to the next person and they'll say his blood shed for you and your response is amen. It is so, I agree, it is done. And you'll dip your bread in the juice and then you'll partake. And then you'll be able to go back to your seat. And so Pastor David, his body broken for you goodness, his body broken for you and his blood shed for you and his blood shed for you. And if you'll go ahead and take that cup 
and you'll take that bread. And Dusty, his body broken for you. His body broken for you, Pastor Jack. And his blood shed for you. And his blood shed for you. They're going to get in position. I'm going to pray in just a moment. And so they're set up in two sides. We have three sections. So each side will be able to go to the respective people uh, in front. Our aisles are big enough. So I think uh, just, you know, fairly split down the middle or stay with your family if you'd like. But during this time, I challenge you and encourage you to process the walk that you're, you're not leaving Jesus because here's the thing. When we take communion, it says in remembering him, we are partaking in Jesus Christ. We're taking Jesus into ourselves. And so unlike the father in the story who didn't have what we had and had to walk away from Jesus, trying to hold on to this faith all the way home, guess what? We don't walk away from Jesus because we partake in communion and we take Jesus into us. And so when we walk away from this moment, we take Jesus with us back to the miracle that we're still believing for. So as you come forward and you walk or you come forward and, and make this journey, imagine what's the miracle that you're needing right now. What's the miracle that maybe you've been needing, that you've been believing for, you've been holding on to? It's relationships, it's finances, it's healing, it's, it's miracles in ways that you can't even put words to. It's a freedom. And as we come and we make this journey, we put ourselves in the Father's shoes of coming to Jesus to ask for a miracle and taking Jesus with us. Father, we thank you for this time. We honor you. We glorify you, and we ask you to continue to speak to us in the process of communion as we celebrate what Jesus has done for each and every one of us. Amen. Let's take communion, and we'll worship this last song.